We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. First pick in the 1991 NBA draft, the Charlotte Hornets select Larry Johnson from University of Michigan. A lot of people from where I'm from, so don't, don't make it. We're back. All right, welcome into another episode of Buzz Beat. Uh, this is Spencer, and I'm going to be joined by Brian and Lee uh, here on Twitter Spaces uh, for a post game episode. The Hornets just finished winning a game that was probably a little bit too nerve wracking in Orlando against the young and upstart. I don't know if they're upstart or not, but they are young <laughs> Orlando magic. Um, some of those guys are upstart Cole Anthony for sure. Uh, Jalen Suggs. Oof. That was, that was ugly, but look, we're going to get into this game here in a second. Um, if there's anyone in the room uh, with us tonight, we will definitely take requests for questions and comments. So please interact with us. We'd love uh, to talk to you guys about this game tonight. But real quick before we jump in, I just want to shout out Chris Ray, who is our newest member of Buy Me a Coffee. So, Chris, if you're listening right now live, if you're listening tomorrow, we really appreciate that. If you want to join us on Buy Me a Coffee and make a contribution, be a member, just go to buymeacoffee.com slash buzzbeat. Lots of great exclusive content for you guys uh, there by supporting us. All right. Let's get into this game. Also, first, hey, hey, Spencer, yeah, yeah. real, real yeah. quickly, if you would like to literally buy me a coffee, uh, <laughs> I live in Raleigh and I'm often very tired, so I, I will, I will quite literally take you up on on an actual cup of coffee too. Are you a vanilla well, latte guy, TG, or what? Uh, I for well, yeah, geez, my brain is so hornets pilled right there. I thought you asked me if if I uh, drink a Lamello latte. Um, no, more of a. I, I, I mix it up, but I'm honestly more of just like a classic drip, drip, mm. drip coffee, a little oat milk mm-hmm. in there. Um, but uh, but cappuccinos okay. are great too. Yeah, so I mix well, it up. Co- Coffee's important um, when you're going through a moving process, which right. I know you recently did or are about to BG, and so did so, I. Yeah. So, yeah, I uh, I second your comment. If you'd like to literally buy me a coffee, uh, <laughs> hit me up on Twitter. I can give you you can uh, you can Uber Eats me some some Starbucks. So. Um, but yeah, let's get in here. So so what's up? How you guys doing? First and foremost, Lee, Brian, everything good? All all good, man. I mean. 
like he, I, I think you put it well, pro- probably a little too nerve wracking of a game than it should have been. But but at the same time, like Orlando made shots tonight, you know, and we're, yeah. we're on the road and we're down two starters still, which like, you know, se- seems like something that it, it 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 hasn't been as big a deal as it probably should be. Like the Hornets are kind of managing through, obviously yeah. not having Rozier in Washington. So on a night where a young team makes some tough shots and makes a lot of threes. They still come away with a road victory in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, you know, Orlando, they got up a lot of threes and they shot a good number on them. Uh, and yeah. even then, Charlotte just took fewer threes but made it shots at such a nice clip from deep tonight, especially Miles Bridges, who we'll talk about a lot. I'm sure he was he was excellent uh, once more. Um, yeah, interesting. Just the, This Orlando team is interesting. It's just prospects on prospects. Spencer, you touched on it. Uh, some better than others uh, tonight. But um, it is with the guys they have out right now, I think it's really impressive that they are engineering these wins because I think it goes it's, – it's more than just missing, you know, two of your top six guys when Terry and PJ aren't playing. Those guys are so – in every look, everyone is a, is a part of, like, the identity when you're, you know, the, the identity of a team and the offensive profile. Uh, when you have that kind of rotation in that many sort of, like, unique pieces, every one of those guys is going to have, like, their say in sort of how you play. But P.J. is so important to what this team wants to do as, the, as like, the, the top front court sub off the bench can, is, is, you know – plays for them plays basically half his minutes at center half at power forward what charlotte wants to do playing five out on offense being able to switch one through five defensively like for the most part that's pretty contingent on on pj i mean they played some some miles at center tonight obviously you can try some of that stuff with mason too but for them to like really want to be able to switch one through five and feel good about it you know pj's got to be in there and just what he does for them five out offensively in the middle of the court or spotting up in the corners. But, um, you know, they run offense through PJ at the center when he's in there. And then just so much of Charlotte's offense too, all of the great off ball stuff they want to do. Richie and I touched on this over the weekend podcast, but you know, it's, it's Rozier's the, the guy for that, you know, like he's mm-hmm. the guy running around screens, coming off flares, down screens, go screens. Like it opens up so much stuff. So I think you're seeing Charlotte really have to sort of like pare down the playbook a lot, run a lot of pick and roll, try to get to the, try to use the pick and roll to force a rotation, then start whipping the ball around the perimeter uh, and get to those second side actions. The spot up offense has been very good so far to start the season, but really just like also moving Hayward and Bridges around the court and trying to play like matchup basketball to sort of like counteract not having some of those guys. And not only are you out Rozier and PJ this early in the season, but you're still trying to adjust for not having Devontae Graham and not having Malik Monk and not having Cody Zeller. Like these three guys that were huge parts of the rotation uh, the last however many years. And, you know, so I think I just even think those having, you know, one one of Monk or Graham would would obviously would would help a lot. But it's just been great. Cody Martin's been solid. So it's not like the the backup guards haven't produced. It's just, you know, it's just the point I'm trying to make is there's a lot of moving parts um, and I think you're seeing Charlotte, even without some of the, its core elements of its identity, still being able to scrap and get wins, which is nice. Yeah, it's it's super nice. I mean, four and one to start this season is awesome. Tonight was a very very important win against a, you know, an Orlando team you just can't afford to to, to trip up against. Um, BG, you were you were talking about. 
you know, the limitations on the offensive playbook without Rozier, without P.J. Washington in there, a lot of pick and roll. One of the things that we were discussing a little before we jumped on live was I've just seen a lot more ISO from Charlotte. I mean, we kind of know we're going to get that with Hayward and whether you get him the ball in the middle of the floor, you know, off a switch or whether you just post him up in the short corner. But let's start here. Miles Bridges, <laughs> 31 oh points, yeah. 11 of 21 from the field, 5 of 10 from deep. Um, I mean – just an unbelievable offensive development from this guy. And and speaking of ISOs, I mean, there was a stretch there in the third quarter where, you know, Lee, I think you tweeted it out. Like he's just dragging whatever's left of this starting unit tonight, you know, as far as he can. And, and really they were just finding ways to get him the ball in the middle of the floor against Franz Wagner, which was just a nightmare matchup for the magic. And, you know, Miles was, you know, crossing over, quick twitch, going right through Wagner's chest, getting to the rim, spin move, you know, getting to his step back three. Like, there's so much in his bag now, and it's just – it's unbelievable to watch. So, I'll stop there. Somebody jump in and, and try to calm me down. No, yeah. I, Spencer's working up a cold sweat over here. Like, <laughs> I, me it's, down. It's, it's well-deserved. I mean, and I think you just kind of hit on it towards the end there. Obviously, he seems to have made a jump in a number of different ways, again, this offseason. But I think some of the – and you just alluded to it, Spencer. Like, some of the combination dribble moves that he's putting together, I just – I know he was starting to do a little bit of that last season. He obviously got way more confident attacking closeouts last year. He's been a better decision maker off the dribble too. But, like, the isolation – particularly the isolation dribble combination moves he's pulled off to get to the basket. And obviously he's been just fantastic finishing with either hand. I mean, I think I put my hands on my head like four or five different (laughs) times with shots he made or plays he made tonight. And you're right, Richie, like, or Spencer, um, Richie's behind the scenes tonight, but um he in particularly kind of that mid fourth or third quarter run, he just absolutely, kept the Hornets competitive there for a stretch until they were able to, you know, ironically, until they were able to go back to the bench unit again, which was awesome. His offensive game is when he's, when he's playing like this is just so crazy. And uh, five of eight, I think from above the break threes tonight, um, several of those unassisted, just kind of like his weird little step back (laughs) game that he got to, or guys going underneath. And yeah, it's just, I mean, he, if he keeps shooting like that, it, it just changes the, the math with him because all of a sudden you've got to close down hard to him and, or go under, you know, try to fight over the top of screens. And as you guys have just been discussing his, his like freewheeling drive game, there's so much to it finished with either hand. He, he has so much craft and he's such like an, a good finisher that even if he wasn't the, like one of the best dunkers, you know, in the, in the game, he would still have like a pretty nice like interior finishing package, but of course, you know, having the like the nuclear athleticism, um, you know that that helps. But man, he's really got some some skill to really fill out the game. And um, some of these isolation possessions, Charlotte. I mean, they were playing him at center. Um, you know, Nick Richards didn't play in the second half, so when Plumley sat without PJ, you move uh, Miles to the five essentially, and they used him as a dive man. And they were also treating him as like, you know, the the Clippers with Blake Griffin when Chris Paul sat, you know, seven years ago. Just like throw it to him in the middle and just let him go to work at the top of the key one-on-one um, and make decisions. And if a double team comes, 
Miles can pass. He can pass out of the post. He can pass out of the pick and roll with either hand, too. He's just he is when he's playing like this offensively, he's kind of one of a, a one of a kind player just because of the athleticism, because of the uh, the the ambidextrous the ambidextrous nature of his game in the step back three. Just a very very in, in his ability to also screen and score out of, of out of screen actions. Orlando started doubling him late yeah. in the game because yeah. they really yeah. didn't have another another yeah. choice. And, and it's and it's also just like I mean you saw. Spencer, you touched on this a little bit, but you know when Hayward got to Charlotte last year, all of a sudden Charlotte had a guy that you could throw the ball to, right? And yeah. and, and that that all of a sudden, and, and Hayward had some big shots tonight, and he's the half court stabilizer for them. But like Bridges, kind of is now too. And just tell me when's the last time Charlotte had a um like an like a like a possibly like a like a legit ISO score mm-hmm. with this kind of like. <laughs> multi-level scoring that could also pressure the rim too. Cause as good as Hayward is, and he can score from every level, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't really get to the basket and like miles, miles can actually can like crack the paint and get to the, get to the rim. And like, yeah, I mean, he, he has the ability again, if he keeps going down this pathway to being the, like being the, you know, second or a third star on a, on a good team and a guy that can play in the playoffs and maybe make an all-star game or two. And a guy that's just going to require like extra help defensively just because his strength and athleticism are so good. Yeah. It, I mean, the dribble combination Lee, that you were talking about, it's, it's so impressive when we've seen like sprinkles of that, you know, even last season, even the season before, you know, you could see little examples of that, but to be able to put it together as consistently as he has is impressive. And then, what what always gets me with Miles going to the basket, especially in traffic, is his power, number one. I mean, he's just going through dude's chest consistently right now, and his balance when he gets down there. The thing that I noticed, he's, he never, ever gets knocked off balance when he's going downhill. I mean, he changes directions. He gets into that Eurostep. He goes into somebody's chest. His balance is always centered. And he's able to get off either one foot or two feet so easily. And we, we know he's got pogo sticks in his legs. So, I mean, right. I, I, yeah, there's just – we're kind of getting to that point where, like, yeah, if defenses don't bring too early before he gets a foot in the paint, like, there's not really <laughs> much you can do. You know, I mean, once he gets a foot in the paint, you're, you're in trouble. So, but he's going to see more attention. Uh, I, 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 keep, I keep coming back to a guy like Kelly Oubre. It's like you got to become a better off-ball player. You can really eat off Gordon Hayward and Miles Bridges, yeah. ISOs, you know, baseline drives, whatever it might be with, with, with two feet in the paint. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. So let's let's move on to another topic that I think probably on a lot of Hornets fans' minds right now. Lamelo Ball doesn't finish the game tonight. We don't have to go into it. Wasn't the best Lamelo Ball night? Not a secret if you watch this game, but doesn't finish the game. We saw this some last season. I think after the first four games for Charlotte this year and how good Ball has been, this is not something I would have expected to see. Ish Smith finish for Lamelo Ball. <laughs> Lee, um, you had a tweet uh, kind of touching on it. Uh, during late in the fourth quarter there. So what are your thoughts on why Smith came in here and finished this game instead of Lamel? Yeah, it, it has been interesting. I mean, you know, it was one of our topics kind of in the preview pod before the season about how Devontae Graham and Terry Rozier were typically the two guards finishing the games last season and with good results in the clutch. Um, so – and, you know, and, and also, Ish Smith finished the Brooklyn game, too, um, be, yep. because because that backup, you know, he was playing so well in that game to finish. So this has been something we've seen before. I think it was one of y'all were also mentioning the fact that, like, LaMelo did not have a, a great night. He's been spectacular to this point. This is kind of his first – I think stinker is probably too strong of a word because he did make some big plays late. But after he hit that pull-up three – off the pick and roll. I think it was Cole Anthony kind of went under, got stuck. Mm-hmm. LaMelo shoots the dribble, pull up, makes a big three. Yep. I don't remember which one of you mentioned it, but it, maybe it was kind of one of those things where Brago was like, all right, we got a big shot out of him. And I think, Spencer, you tweeted, like, let's kind of take the air out of the ball with the veteran point guard, um, spread the floor. Mm-hmm. And, and Gordon was just – it was vintage Hayward, like make a play, get to the middle of the floor, stop on a dime drill like 16 foot mid-range jumpers to (laughs) to close the game out so um like I don't think it's a problem by any means I think if anything this just gives Charlotte more kind of like fourth quarter versatility and you know ish has kind of been that change of pace inject some energy into the into kind of the late fourth quarter and unless LaMelo gets in foul trouble and he's in earlier than that which happened tonight Mm -hmm. Uh, but and then the last thing I would say is some of it has been because of injury, but it has been a very, very, a very varied closing lineup for the Hornets in kind of all these different games this year, which is interesting. Yeah. And, like, yeah. not necessarily good or bad, but as we know, like, close games and clutch play has been a differentiator for the Hornets. So it's something to monitor moving forward. Yeah, I don't even think – 
Because, like, in the Brooklyn game, Brego sent LaMelo to the table at some point in the fourth quarter. But, again, Ish was playing so well, and there was, like, no stoppage in play as, like, Ish was trading buckets with Kevin Durant at Barclays. It's just an incredible moment of the, the early NBA season. But, like, I think even in the Brooklyn game, correct me if I'm wrong, like, Miles didn't even play down the stretch. So, like, I mean, he, right. seems like, he seems like a safe bet to be a constant in a lot of Charlotte's closing lineups. But, yeah, even, even through the first five games of this season – um, you know, not not even Miles has been on the court for for every single um, clutch minute. And yeah, Lamelo had a tough game, but there were two possessions that happened back to back in the fourth quarter. Lee mentioned one where it was like, okay, good. Like he helped them. He still helped them win the game. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it was eight the eight twenty five mark, pick and roll in the middle of the court. He Lamelo drives right. Whips it back to the left wing, like left slot. McDaniels three. McDaniels was awesome tonight. We should talk about him. And then the next possession was the one right before an Orlando timeout. Like Lee said, Cole Anthony went under LaMelo, kind of a little like baby step back three. That was a huge swing in the game for Charlotte. So even LaMelo, even after having a, a bit of a tough game, um, you know, get, it's, his confidence is kind of kind of unflappable. And I feel like you could see him trying to shoot his way out of a out of a slump in this game. You know, like he knew he wasn't playing that well. And um, now what you would like to see him do is just like use that to, you know, instead of him just like looking for pull-up threes, all of a sudden start – trying to push the pace and, you know, try to find Miles and Hayward, et cetera. And then Ish, when you're closing those games out, it's just, especially when you're like, you're you're in, you're in trade bucket mode, like, it's just, just constant paint creation with the dribble. Mm-hmm. Like, he just gets into the paint every time, and you, you know you have these other good offensive players around him, and just like, he's just... He's just making good shots every time down the court with his dribble. Either he gets he gets to his pull up, which he shot very well this season, or like he forces teams to bend a little bit. Then he can throw it to Hayward. And um, you guys both touched on Hayward. Just some quick numbers with Gordon: twenty four points tonight on fifteen true shot attempts, and he also had uh, twelve assist points tonight. So just like insanely efficient game. Uh, for Hayward, he was good from every level of the court. Two of two at the rim, uh, two of two from short mid range, three of six from long mid range, and two of three on above the break threes. So yeah, and he got to the line a couple of times as well. So monster game for Hayward. Um, I mean, he and Bridges were were outstanding tonight, and just yep. again showed what Charlotte can do from a matchup. It does make the it, they are making the case right now for if Charlotte ever got in, if Charlotte at full health got into a playoff setting, uh, like Hayward and Bridges are two guys you can go matchup hunting with. And it just, it's yep. just like, I know it's like a funny, it's like you can laugh about pointing it out now on October 27th, but like it, it could matter come April 27th, you know? So we'll, uh, we don't want to get too far ahead, but it's an interesting aspect when, when Bridges is playing this well and when Hayward's healthy. Yeah, one last thought on this Lamelo uh, topic. You know, I he, he was trying to get himself going. Obviously, you know, he he, he yep. drove the ball, went into uh, Carter and Bamba, went into his body a few times at the rim. You know, I thought that he deserved a few of those whistles. Couldn't get him. You know, it just it just yeah. felt like he, he was just kind of running in mud yeah. uh, all night offensively. Couldn't get it going. At, I think probably maybe what tipped Brego off to say, eh, you know what, maybe this is his night. Maybe let's close in a different direction. The decision to, in transition, to pull up and take that three on the left wing when Miles was running down the right, uh, which would have been a Sports Center top 10 highlight, you know, if he throws him that lob. Yeah, it was just, it was just one of those nights for LaMelo. It just seemed to be yeah. 
you know, running the mud again, not, not great decision-making. So um, I want us to get to one more topic, bef- but before we do that, just anyone with us on Twitter spaces, if you would like to speak, interact with us, um, don't forget to press that little button right there. We'll bring you in. We'd love, love to have you. But here's the topic I want us to get to, the Hornets bench. <laughs> it's one of the best, <laughs> best benches in the NBA, uh, and I know that we all expected that coming into the year. Um, so we've already touched on Ish Smith a little bit. I heard J- uh, Jalen McDaniel's name, He, you know, four for five, I think, from behind the arc tonight. Let's start with Cody Martin. Have we found a jump shot? Because it looks a lot more fluid to me. Um, you know, it still looks a little mechanical. He doesn't get great lift. You know, he needs a lot of time to load up, yada, yada. But, like, he's shooting it with confidence. And if he can make, like, 35% from behind the arc, even on low volume, like, we know he brings enough other intangibles with his on-ball creation. You know, and we don't need it a lot, but it's there. And his defensive intangibles, like, we know he brings enough else to the game to be a solid rotational NBA player but I'm blown away with how good the shot looks so far, and he's shooting with confidence. So if we're getting real minutes out of that guy this season, that is a huge, huge plus for Charlotte. Yeah, it, it's funny because I kind of started to take note of it in in the last game against Boston. Or the last game against Boston was kind of Cody Martin's like first not great game. He made a he made obviously he made threes down the stretch against Brooklyn. And I just – I didn't want to tweet anything or say anything about it because it's just like, eh, is this real at all? But then, you know, tonight he goes two for two. Like, he's he's being very judicious about the threes that he takes. But, he like you said, Spencer, he looks way more confident doing them, whereas last year when he was very reluctant to shoot them and would really only shoot them in a situation where it was like late shot clock or he was just kind of forced into one. Yeah. Um, now he seems much more willing to take them kind of in the flow of like rotational ball movement. Um, and it, and it, and it does look a little better mechanically. So I, I think there might be something here. I'm still like a little skittish to believe this, but as you just kind of alluded to Spencer, like if he's even just slightly less of an offensive liability, that kind of opens up the opportunity to get him into the lineup a bit more, which obviously we've seen so far this season, especially with Rozier out, you know, he, he, he had a, he had a great pickpocket right at the basically like inside a half court on the left side of the screen late in the game. Yeah. Um, you know, he takes charges like a madman. I mean, all these things that we know that Cody Martin can do. Um, but yeah, he, he was, he was really good again tonight. And, you know, obviously I think we're going to hit on, um, on McDaniels a bit as well. I mean, obviously just kind of a blistering shooting night for him, four for five from three. He has been really good in the last two contests, which is lined up with the two games we've missed PJ Washington. And I, th- I think that's a really encouraging sign. Yeah. The, it is amazing that a couple days ago, uh, Cody Martin had a game where he took charges on back-to-back possessions against James Harden and then hit a, hit a pull up three right in Durant's face. Um, just an out-of-body experience. And then he comes in tonight, and would you ever believe Cody Martin scoring 12 points on six true shot attempts while, while not making a two? Six to six at the line and hit all of his three-pointers tonight. Just, uh, yeah, I mean, that's probably the best shooting game of Cody's career. I'm I'm just going to guess. I, I think that's probably a pretty safe assumption. 
And look, you know, we got a ways to go. Cody's always been a, like, just has never been a very good three point shooter, but there was always some wackiness to it because Cody is one of those guys. And I think it probably speaks to what Lee touched on, which is just like the um, sort of almost like the randomness of when he would take these shots, there being like sort of less of a pattern to it. But <clears throat> Cody always being someone that shot better on above the break threes in terms of percentage than he did from the corners, um, which has always kind of been a weird facet of his game. Yeah. Hey, BG, I was just going to say um, kind of on this little bench topic here, McDaniels, Richards, and Martin – Three second round picks by Mitch yep. Kupchak that that were all on the floor when the Hornets kind of made that second quarter run after yep. the starters got in a hole, which is just like pretty awesome. Yeah, it is. I mean, again, it's it, like so much of this roster is guys from the 2018 through 2021 draft. Now, I mean, it, it's it's unbelievable how much homegrown, you know, outside of Ubre and Hayward and Ish. And Plumley, I mean, pretty much everyone else on the roster is a is a first or a second is a draft pick, and that includes plenty of second round picks. And um, yeah, I mean, we'll see how maybe that how maybe that we'll see what JT Thor looks like in enough time. But <clears throat> we talked about this plenty with McDaniel's last season. He's just like he is a wonderful jack of all trades player, and when he's your fifth guy out there, he just does everything you want from a three and D hybrid forward, like just will will spot up, make threes. Not Certainly not the clip that he always does tonight, but he's such a good cutter from the weak side slot, the weak side corner, can guard a bunch of different positions, has some sort of like um, defensive event creation as with both his length as a, you know, de- getting deflections and blocking shots. He had a nice block tonight, I think, on Wendell Carter, like came in while Carter was trying to shoot a put, put, up, put back and, and got him from behind. And seriously, I mean, without PJ in in the lineup, I mean, like we we don't really need to get into the semantics of talking about like positions all that much. But if you really want to sort of like look at it, you know, PJ is the the backup five and four. You know, it's like when he's out, you know, you've got to be able to you have to be able to adjust. So yeah, Richards has to come in and eat some minutes for you as the backup center. But you need someone to be able to spell Miles or play alongside Miles when Plumley sits and you put Miles as like the de facto five and. McDaniels is clearly the best option they have on the roster for that. Um, you know, guys like Kai Jones, JT Thor, they're not ready for it yet, you know? So it has to, it has exactly. to be, it has to be McDaniels. And, um, and he was, he was terrific tonight. And as you said, he was, he was good the other night too. So like didn't play much in what the Cleveland game, is that the game he only played like the last like minute of, of garbage time. But mm-hmm. yep. um, you know, I mean, he's a real player. He's a, he does seem like he's a real player and a real part of the rotation. And yeah, tonight was just an excellent game from Jalen. Awesome game from Jalen. Uh, another great one. Uh, actually, let's try to bring the speaker back in real quick. Eddie, I think is his name. Eddie, are you with us? Yes, yes, I am. Um, I'm sorry about earlier. I was moving around. Um, so, Mike, so with looking at the bench and seeing how well they are playing, do you think James Borrego will move um, the rookies, the first round rookies drafted this year? more to the G League because it's – I mean, I know we're I know it's still early. You're on to something. I think Brago kind of has his nine guys, right, uh, that he's playing right now, eight or nine guys depending on the night. And then, yeah, you got to consider P.J. Washington's coming back, Terry Rozier's coming back. So, like, where are the minutes without injury for James Booknight? 
um, Kai Jones, you know, like they just don't exist as current as the roster is currently constructed. So Eddie, yeah, I think that you're definitely going to see some book night and some Jones and some floor, um, in Greensboro for sure. And you'll see, you know, that they'll be in Greensboro and then they'll be back in Charlotte and back in Greensboro and back in Charlotte. Um, so I, I think they'll spend time in both places this year, but as we all know, injuries will come. The Hornets will have to tread water at some point. So book night, I think specifically book night. We'll get an opportunity at some point this season. I'm not sure if we'll see much Kai Jones or JT Thor, but I, yeah, I think most of the time their their minutes are going to be in the G League. Uh, I um, I agree with that, Spencer. I think book night will be the guy that eventually does get a, some rotational opportunity. I think it's a good point, Eddie. Um, and I also don't think it's a bad thing. Like I would I would like to see those guys in Greensboro. I mean. There, there's a player that we've talked about a lot tonight that spent his fair share of time in Greensboro and Cody Martin. So, you know, the, the player development um, trends of this kind of Borrego coaching staff regime have been really positive. I mean, you can rattle off quickly, like quite a few player development success stories on this roster. So I think we will see those guys in Greensboro. I'm looking forward to seeing those guys in Greensboro, particularly with how young they are. Um, and, I, and I think they can they can get reps that'll be meaningful for kind of their future uh, potential on the team. Yeah, I think agree with everything you guys just said. Um, I think the plan even before I think the plan heading into the season was to see JT and Kai a fair amount at in Greensboro book night, not playing outside of garbage time to start the season has surprised me a little bit just because I thought. Charlotte would need um, sort of like another guard to step up and give them some, some scoring and some playmaking. But yeah, obviously Ish has been really good. Uh, you know, Cody Martin has had his moments in, in Borrego clearly like likes and, tr- and trusts Cody Martin. Um, I do kind of think it is a little interesting without Rozier that they're not considering like trying book night. Cause I think book night has not, not maybe the elite like electric, movement shooting from 25 feet of Rozier, but his ability to run around screens. And I mean, that was sort of like one of the best elements of his game coming into the draft as a prospect was what book Knight could do moving without the basketball on offense. And I'm, I'm hopeful at some point this year, you'll get to see him do that. And that's probably the best way to use him because if you watch book Knight in summer league or in preseason, like his handle ain't ready to like create his own offense. Like he, it's, it's just not nearly tight enough. Um, and so again, I, so I think hopefully at some point you'll see him in that capacity in Charlotte, but you can get those reps in Greensboro too. We were just talking about Jalen McDaniels before Lee touched on Greensboro as being like a development factory of sorts for Charlotte. Like he's another guy and we're basically in like year, I think three or four of Charlotte sort of like taking Greensboro serious as like an asset and using it as a training ground and using it as a, as a place where, they can actually have send guys down, let them develop. They're running the same stuff that the Hornets are doing, but it's not like, oh, you know, we have an off night. Let's send Dwayne Bacon up there to score to take forty shots. You know what I mean? Like there's 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 a, there's a pattern and a structure to it now, and it seems to be paying off by really helping some of these second round picks turn into rotation pieces or like part rotation pieces or back end rotation pieces or whatever. But like, that's how you mine value out of second round picks and your, your G league affiliate. So yeah, I imagine that's where we'll see Thor and Kai. And I last thing I want to say is about those two guys playing down there together. Assuming we see a decent amount of JT Thor and Kai Jones playing together. It's going to be fascinating to see how they, how Charlotte tries to develop those two guys together. 
is it, is it like, can you actually do it? Or like, are there development pathways? Are they divergent? And does that complicate things? Because there, there's some similarities to them position and how you may want to develop them. Um, I think you can do it and you can certainly try, but it's, it's going to be, it's an interesting element of having those two guys at the same time in the same draft class. How do you develop them simultaneously in ways that eventually make sense for like the actual parent club? Yeah, that's, that is a really good point. And it will be very interesting to watch. Uh, you know, Greensboro, to your point, BG, it gets more interesting to, to keep up with every year because yeah. the Hornets are taking it more seriously. They're actually yeah. using it as a farm system and not just somewhere to stash players. Okay, well, Charlotte Hornets are 4-1. Uh, it's crazy to think that they're really just some late-game maturity away from being 5-0. and up. And, and so this is really setting up a fun game, a Friday night in Miami, uh, that I think Charlotte has a real, real opportunity to make a On national, national TV. Splash. To on make national a national <laughs> national splash on Friday night. That that's yeah. the real opportunity. All right, let's play like a, a fun Halloween themed uh, Charlotte Hornets game before we get out of here. Uh, I'm terrible at this stuff. We're gonna call it trick or treat. I don't know if you've ever heard that associated with Halloween or not, but that's <laughs> yeah. that, that's what we're gonna call it. That's a this. Buzzbeat original. That's a Buzzbeat original. Yes. I just came, came right off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> trick will be false and treat will be true. All right. Perfect. So here's the first question. And we already touched on this a little bit, but I'm still interested in you guys' answers. Even towards the latter half of this season, Cody Martin will be a bigger impact player than James Book Knight. Trick is false. Treat is true. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this is a treat. I'll take the treat here. Cody Martin, I, I feel Lee, you made a good point. Like, you're not buying in yet. It's early. Cody Martin, might this might be lightning in a bottle. But I just think he does enough to impact winning basketball that if he can just be a decent a decent shooter, if he has found anything there, I think he's going to stick in this rotation. So I think this is true, or treat, rather. Uh, yeah, this this is a great question, by the way. Uh, it is. So well, it's well, a good well question. It's a really, really, really good question. Um I'm going to say, man, it's tough. Because of Cody's defense, it seems like like he has the chance to maybe have a little bit more stick. But I'll say, I'm going to say, I'm going to say trick in saying that eventually at some point this year, your lottery pick, your first round pick, you know, you've got to see that guy become more of a thing. Um, And it seemed, I mean, it felt like all indications heading into the season before the year started that that was going to be the case. It's just the fact that, he's really started the year just completely out of the rotation. Um, it's caught me by surprise uh, a little bit. So I'll say trick and say that book night, you know, he's not an 18 year old rookie coming into the NBA either. You know what I mean? So, and, and perhaps maybe it even helps him to spend some time in Greensboro between now and the end of the season. Like that, that, that may also be a thing that, that helps James book night too. So I'll say trick, but um, hats off to like, if Cody does stick in this rotation, hats off to him. And if the jump shot is sort of settling in at this level, then he's almost like saved his NBA career. You know what I yep. mean? This is the last year of his rookie contract. This is really where he had he had to show some sort of like tangible strides on offense. And yeah, we'll just we'll you know we've got six more months to see, but um, early returns have been good with Cody so far. No, I think that's exactly right, BG. Like it is, it, you know, I think early sample size, like much bigger chance that Cody Martin makes it to a second contract than there, than it was like five months ago for sure. Um, I'll go, I'll go treat 
And I'm going to, I'm going to use the, I'm going to say that as a way to be optimistic because I think if the Charlotte Hornets are playing meaningful games down the stretch, then that will likely mean that Cody Martin is still in the lineup because they're, tr- you know, they're, they're trying to push for the playoffs or they're, or they're fighting for seeding. Um, I think if, if this conversation was happening and we were one and four instead of four and one, I think it would be James Booknight because at some point you got to start start giving him some developmental minutes and that type of situation. So I'll go I'll go treat just because I think the Hornets so far are looking like they're going to be competitive this entire season. I like it. All right, here's the second one: trick or treat. Miles Bridges will shoot a higher percentage from two point range than Mason Plumley will from the free throw line. I like this one too. <laughs> Uh, I think absolutely. I don't know what Plum Dog is from the free throw line off the top of my head right this second. It looks not like good. it's not it looks good. like it was twenty. Okay, never mind. I see. So it looks like it was twenty seven percent before before this game. It didn't look good out there tonight. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Bridges is is gonna surpass that. Ooh, yeah, we might we may see some uh, some hack of Plumley coming up unless we yeah. can get uh, uh, PJ back and healthy and and moving well and in the rotation. Well, we uh, saw some against Boston, if I'm not mistaken. I think that they yeah that. yeah that's yeah. right that's right. Mm-hmm. Yep, you are correct. Yeah. Um, yep, yep, yep. Um, we'll probably see more of it. Um, yeah, yeah. I, this this one's really close, like really really close. But because he's dug such an early hole. <laughs> um, I'm, although he did go two for three tonight, I'm still going to say, uh, I'll, I'll say, um, you know what? I'm going to say Plumley higher free throw percentage, but not, but by very, very, very little, very little, very close. So basically, he's got to get to like mid fifties, right? I mean, yeah. or yeah. which. Yeah. It's it's still really it's bad. Good. It's not looking good. <laughs> it is a strange. It is a strange release on that free throw, man. Yeah. It's like, yeah. and it either like if he makes it, it literally just goes like straight into the basket. Like there's it, no shooter's bounce on those. It's free like throws it's moment. like it's like he winds up and right before he lets it go, it's like he got stung by a hornet. Like right <laughs> before he lets it, go, it's like boom, right right in the hip, and it's, it's like a, a connection. And it comes, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's ugly, man. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go uh, uh, and think. Oh, treat. I'm gonna go treat. I think Bridges surpasses Plumley two point percentage versus three point percentage. <laughs> All right, that was fun. Good, yeah. good game. You you can probably guess if you know the personalities on this podcast that Richie Randall and his creative mind came up with that. Yeah, love, love that. that. that love that. All right. Well, that was fun, guys. Uh, Hornets four and one in Miami Friday night. Yeah. So we'll see all you guys on it's ESPN, right? It, National yeah. TV, ESPN Friday night. So we yep. will see you there Friday night for Spencer. That's Brian. That's Lee. Take care. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash blue wire.
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.